0: What an awesome privilege um, to share, Um, but not just to share, to share or stand in a place where the anointed angel of this house shares the gospel. And what a privilege it is um, that he would ask me, Um, I don't know that you know, but Pastor Matt is, is big time. Yeah. yeah, he's big time, and I mean that. And um, he could have had anybody in the city to do this. Um, but he asked me, and I'm honored. Amen. And um, it's no secret. I love him. Amen. And he's my friend. Um, I, he has a way of, um, I know this, he has a way of making everybody feel like they're his best friend, right? And if, if you saw him in a, cl- in a crowd, uh, you would not know that he's pastoring a church because he just does not look the part, right? Um, and so I'm honored um, to, to do this, and um, I solicit your prayers. Let me just tell you, let me warn you. Um, there's not a clock anywhere up there. And so I was raised in a church where, in the black church, it's a participatory church. Is that a word? To where you participate. And so the preacher would say something and, and they would say, Amen. And he'd, Woo, okay. And if we didn't do that, he'd keep pressing the point your stomach start growling so I'm kind of used to that um and so I want this to be a time of sharing and um I want I pray that God has just seasoned you that um that you would receive uh in the spirit that God has given it and so um If you got a Bible, if you got a digital Bible, if you got anything like that, if you just hold it up for me and if you just repeat after me. I say this every time before I read the word in the morning. Just repeat after me. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I'm a believer, not a doubter. I'm a doer, not just a hearer. And my life is the better. After having heard. The word of God. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I say that to myself before I read God's word, because I believe uh, that faith does come by hearing. And so what I do, I say to myself the word of God and what it does, it gets in my ears and then it appears in my life. And so I am a believer. I'm, I'm not a doubter. I'm a doer, not just a hearer. And guess what? Because I'm a doer and not just a hearer, my life is the better. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I say what he says. I pray what he prays. And so I pray God's word, and I say, God, would you honor your word? You're not a man that you should lie, nor the son of man that you can. If you said it, if you gave the proclamation. It is absolutely his job to provide the manifestation of what he proclaimed. And so I trust him. And so that's why you, I, I, I say that. Uh, so Mark chapter 8, uh, verse 22 through 26. Mark chapter 8, verse 22 through 26. Uh, really, I, I really don't believe that the ear can hear any more than the seat can endure. So I'm not going to keep you long. Amen. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Mark chapter 8, verse 22 through 26. They came to Bethsaida. And some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village when he had spit in the man's eye and put his hands on him. He asked, do you see anything? He looked up and said, I see people. They look like trees walking around. Once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. And the man's eyes were open, and he, his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. that that's an amazing thing to see, everything clearly. Not not just your job or or your children or your wife or your mother, to see everything clearly is amazing. That that there's not many people in the world that could say, "I see everything clearly." And there are times that I I think I see clearly, but. I really don't. And, and there are times I confess that as a, as a man of God, as a program director, I, I don't see everything clearly. And sometimes um, I think I see Sheena, my wife, clearly, and, and then she straightens me out and says, that's not what I meant. <laughs> and, and there are times I think I see my children clearly, and she has to interpret them For me. And if I be honest, there are times that I don't even see myself clearly. And somebody has to tell me who I am. But this man saw everything clearly. Can you imagine how amazing it would be in your life if you saw everything clearly? I, I'm going to tell you, I'd pay for that. I, I'd write a check right now. I mean, I would. I'd write to see everything clearly. And I told him the other day, I got a, I got an American Express that I could pay for that. And it's a good one, too. Um, it, it, It'll take you where you need to go. If I need to escape, me and you need to escape to Paris, I could get us there. I may not be able to get you back, but 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 I could get you there. Uh, 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 and, and he saw every thing clearly father god as i speak uh, to your people today out of the word i pray that your word would be made flesh i pray that god that we would move in a supernatural way i pray that our lives would be changed by the power of the holy spirit in jesus name we pray amen uh verse 26 the last verse 26 says and jesus sent him home saying don't even go to the village. I was raised, I was raised in, a, in an era um, where we respected age. Yeah, if, if we were young and if somebody had some age on them, we stopped talking. We said, yes sir and no sir, yes ma'am and no ma'am. And we, we respected age and uh, I was raised in church, and so we respected age. We respected pastors, and especially if you were young, and gifted, because you would have this gift and 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 not really know what to do with it, and and um, you wonder if if you had what it takes to carry the weight of the gift, or if you measured up. And 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 my grandfather, who I admired really, really a lot, and. Um, he pastored over fifty years, some crazy number like that. And um, one day he he was preaching, and he rocked the house. I mean, he tore the house down. And after him preaching, I said to him, "It must be great to be you." And uh, my middle name is Clarence Henry. And uh, you know that I'm, they family when they call me Clarence Henry. My mom used to say Clarence Henry, and I was in troubles, right? So he said to me, Clarence Henry, why do you say that? And I said, Man, Dad, uh, uh, Papa, you um, you forged your trails and you fought your battles and you went through temptations and you're still living to tell about it, and, and you kind of know how the story ends. And he was, he was about 80, and so um, at 80, you're not going to do much damage at, at 80 years old. You're going to kind of—and and if you got kind of 80, you're going to— either if you're 80, you're going to be stupid in 80 or you're going to be smart in 80. Nothing's going to really change in that thing. And so he kind of knew, and I thought it was a good thing to know how it ends. For me, I was about 30 years old, and, and it's amazing because the devil is always trying to show young people who are gifted and who are young— options of how it could turn out, and to live with the terror of the possibilities of not knowing. And we were not designed to not know. The brain itself is designed to know. It seeks to know. Our hard drive is wired to be inquisitive and to seek knowledge and how to get this feeling of resolution and the desperation of resolution drives us to the point that if we cannot find appropriate answers, we'll take something that is not really an answer and make it an answer just to solve the problem. And that's why I, I could never be an accountant. And, and it's not that I can't count. I, I count really, really good. Is that, that I can't be locked up in a, in a room for 10 hours trying to find 50 cents. Because what I would do, what, I'm telling you what I do, is I take out two quarters and I put it on the table and say, there it is, and let's go home. And, and, and accountants know that that's not how uh, you solve the problem. But when your mind wants to solve a problem of loneliness, It'll pay even in strange places. It'll have you pulling out two quarters when you're lonely. When your mind wants to solve a problem, you'll take a fool for a teacher. You'll take a fixer up for a husband. You'll take the lady of the night for a wife. You'll, you'll mistake a girl for a woman. You do exactly what satan hoped jesus would do is that he would take a stone for bread because what we really want to do is what we really like to do is solve the problem because not knowing is a miserable feeling to not knowing that you love me not knowing if you're cheating on me not knowing um knowing if i still have a job and not knowing is a miserable feeling of not knowing because I want to know. And to be honest with you, I've, out of desperation of knowing, I've taken false answers just to create the feeling of resolution. And the power of this story is that Jesus came to Bethsaida. And you need to know that Bethsaida was a cursed place. Matthew says, "Woe unto you, Bethsaida, for if the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Sidon, they would have repented a long time ago sack in sackcloth and ashes. And so Bethsaida was a cursed place. And so it was an amazing thing that Jesus would come to a cursed place. Because Jesus had done miracles in Bethsaida and they had rejected him. And that Jesus would come to Bethsaida was shocking. And Jesus had come to cursed places. Jesus goes to cursed places. Some church folk don't go, but Jesus goes to cursed places, hangs out in bars, and shows up to party, and, and turns water into wine. Jesus is not the Jesus that they taught me in Sunday school, because this Jesus I read about it does crazy stuff. He goes to places where good church religious folk won't go. And now he's down in Bethsaida, full of sin and every kind of sin and debauchery, and Jesus is in Bethsaida. Church folks shout because Jesus is in the church, but I shout because he's in Bethsaida. I shout because he'll uh, take you out the boss stool. I shout because he'll take you out the meth house. I shout because he'll take you off the stripper pole. I shout because he'll take the cocaine out your nose. I shout because he'll take the heroin out your bloodstream. I shout because he'll do kick and do anything I ask. Jesus will go to Bethsaida to get you. And that he is waiting on you in your scary places. And so they bring this blind man to Jesus. And see, you have to You have to understand that blind people can survive off of the familiar 10 steps to the refrigerator, three steps to the table. Four steps to the stove. And I can take care of myself. And as long as I can count out the steps and know the routine, I can function fine. But to bring a blind man out of the familiar and to put him in a is a terrifying situation. Can I just submit to you that we serve a God that will not come in your comfort zone? We serve a Jesus. He will not come where you've counted all the steps and you know all the rules and you can play the game and you can handle it. He'll take you out of the familiar. He'll take you to The scariest places into frightening places, into places of not knowing where you're not sure of yourself. God will put you in places where you're not appreciated and not respected and not revered. God will put you in a new environment. But in order for God to do what he's getting ready to do, you've got to be willing to leave the familiar and walk away from what you've counted out the steps. Because Jesus has a way of doing the greatest miracles in the scariest places. My Bible tells me that Jesus is a very present help in the time of trouble. And if there's somebody in the room today who's in trouble, you ought to holler out, help! Help! I've never been in this situation before. I can't see my way clear. Help! My marriage is falling apart. Help! My children are estranged. Somebody, holler! Help! Help! I'm a blind man in a place of not knowing, and they've carried me to this Jesus, and I'm stumbling over rocks and I'm tripping over branches I'm moving through the dark because I don't know where the road is and there's somebody here today who doesn't know where the road is you don't know where where to turn and you don't know where the rocks are and you don't know where the bushes are and you don't know where the briars are and you don't know what to do next In fact, if we were all honest, God has taken us in the last two to three years in the COVID area of some scary places. We've experienced, we've been scared to go to restaurants and grocery stores and buying up all the toilet paper and sanitizer. True story. I was in a. I was in a Zoom meeting, and uh, a guy sneezed in the Zoom meeting, and another guy pulled his mask up. <laughs> Scary places. and and. and And, and I, I don't, I didn't much blame him because I'm a big dude and I don't look good kissing respirators. And so he takes us to scary places. No, no, notice this. Jesus touched him the first time and took him further out. If I, if I had time, I would tell you how that God is calling you. To launch out into the deep. To take the flotation devices off and get out the kiddie pool. Because the same water that will float you in the kiddie pool will float you in the deep. If I had time, I would tell you that God is calling you to go further in and deeper down in him. But, but there are some scary places in your life. A poet said, said one time, when my schoolroom is the darkest, my eyesight is the clearest. Heard somebody say, I walked a mile with pleasure. We chatted all the way. But left me none the wiser for all she had to say. I walked a mile with sorrow. Not a word, said she. But oh, what a lesson I learned when sorrow walked with me. There are times God will take you to some places of sorrow. Can I just submit to you that there are some times where I've made some mistakes or some things just happened to me and mama couldn't get me out? Grandmama couldn't get me out? There's a song that says, I searched all over, couldn't find nobody. There says, Nobody greater. Nobody greater than you. And and I got put in some places where nobody could help me out. But I cried out to Jesus. And he heard my cry. And he answered me. And I don't understand why other than the blood of Jesus, what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus, oh precious, is the flow. That makes me white as snow. Nothing but the blood of Jesus, for it reaches to the highest mountain and it flows to the lowest valley. The the blood that gives me strength from day to day, it will never, ever lose its power. And there are times I have to lean on that. I heard an old, old story. How a Savior came from glory. How he made the lame to walk again and caused the blind to see. Come on, y'all know the story. I heard about. I heard about. And so now I have victory in Jesus. And so Jesus led the man out. Can you imagine being blind in a new place? Jesus led him out and spat on his eyes and and then he touched him and said, what do you see? He looked up and said, I see people. They look like trees walking around. There's something about the art of not knowing. The art of not knowing is simply this. God, I will be comfortable in the uncomfortable. God, as long as you know the road, I'll follow you. Tripping over rocks, going through branches. God, if you know, as long as you know the road, I'll follow you. Oh, 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 I trip, but i follow you. I, I, I skim my knee, but i follow you. The art of not knowing is, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me. The art of knowing is, yea, though I walk. Through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. I love this part. And surely, surely. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The art of not knowing is being comfortable in the uncomfortable. God, I don't know where you're taking me to, but I'm getting off the porch, scared, nervous, tripping, making mistakes, getting up. I'm following you. God, as long as you know the road, I'm going. I'm not worried about where I'm going. God, I'm trusting you the best I know how. The art of not not knowing is knowing that God is in control. But there's a secret. There's a tuning that has to take place. There's a spiritual ear tuning that has to take place. Jesus said it this way. My sheep know my voice and a stranger they will not follow. My sheep if you're not blood bought blood washed he's not talking to you. He said my sheep know my voice, and the straight around follow. I got four boys, and, and, and they play sports, and they hung out outside and done all that kind of stuff. And I would say this. I'm going to say it fast. You're not going to say what I'm saying, but I'm going to say it slow, and you understand it. They'd be standing out there with some other boys, and I'd say, son of mine. And they all stop and turn around and look at their daddy. Now, the other boys didn't stop. My son stopped because they know my voice. Because they spend time with me. Because we hang out. Because I'm a provider. Because I'm a protector. My sheep know my voice. And a stranger they will not follow. How you know your father's voice is that you have to spend time with him. And I, I I want you to know how I want to demonstrate how you can be blind and follow God. I want to demonstrate how you can be blind and follow God. Zach, do you trust me? Yes. Zach, do you trust me? Zach, would you take two steps forward? Zach, would you take one step to the right? Zach, Would you take another step to the right? Zach, would you raise your right foot up? Zach, would you step over? Would you take your left? Zach, would you do me a favor? Would you take one giant step up? Zach, take your left foot and move forward. Now, Zach, I need you to take one step to the left. Zach, would you raise your right foot up? Step over. Step over. You're almost there. Step over. Step over. Zach, would you step back? Over. I got you. I'm always with you. Zach, would you t- take another step back? Just a step back, I got you, I'm with you. I'm not gonna leave you. i never let you fall. Zach, would you raise your left foot up and step over, backwards? Zach, do you trust me? Trust you. Zach, do you trust me? Trust you. Son, Would you sit down? And now, you know where I took you. If you'll just trust God, if you'll tune your ear to his voice, if you'll walk blindly, nervous, scared, Unsure, he will see you through. But there's a time factor. You have to spend time with your father. Amen? Amen. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, we thank you again for this time. God, we pray that you would help us to trust you more. God, to be honest, there are sometimes we just are unsure of what to do and what move to make. God, help us to trust your word that says that you would never leave us nor forsake us, that you've never seen the righteous forsaken nor its seed begging bread. God, we trust you. Help us to trust you for provision, for making a way out of no way for being a doctor in the hospital room for being a lawyer in the courtroom god that we would trust you even the scariest places of our lives that we would know that you would be there waiting when we get there father i pray that you would move on your people. God, that our faith would be increased. That they would, we would please you with faith, God, that we would walk by faith and not by sight. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. And all who agreed said, amen. Tim.